0: Saludos and salutations, Broncos country, and welcome to another exciting episode of Broncos Talk. I'm your host, Adan Diaz, and guys, let me just tell you, it is freaking cold outside. And as a man who just turned 37 years old uh, two, what was it, two, three days ago on the 8th, I feel that almost every single time after your birthday passes and you get just a little bit older, you start to notice changes. And, you know, it could be something physically, it could be something mentally, it could be something internally. I kind of started to feel, and don't get me wrong, guys, I even though I was born in Mexico, I, I love the cold because I was born in January, even though in Mexico, it's never this cold over there. And don't get me wrong, I, I haven't been there in years, but it's nowhere near as cold as it is here in Chicago. But I kind of feel like my body temperature gets colder every single year you know like my hands feel colder my feet feel colder even though I'm wearing gloves and unless I'm sitting in a car or standing in a house with the heat bubble, I mean I don't know I could be just it could just be myself ranting but it, you know it's great it's great to have been able to reach 37 and I hope to reach you know many many more but if you guys have a birthday in the winter time you know hit me up on Twitter and let me know what if, if you think I'm right if you think I'm wrong, You know, just just hit me up and let's talk. But uh, anyways, guys, we have a lot to talk about on today's show. And you know what? There's been a lot going on in Broncos country since the official end of the Broncos 2021 season. And it's been, you know what? They, They like to joke around with Denver about the quarterback carousel. How about this coaching carousel we got going on? I mean, my God. And the fact that there's only 32 coaching jobs in the NFL and there's this many vacancies... It's. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's usually one or two, maybe even three head coaches fired. I would say normally in during the year, but this one kind of seems to be. Maybe it's just me. it feels like I said it's at an all-time high. So we will get to the coaching uh, decisions and what my thoughts are on that in the second half of the show. But for the first half, you know what? I know you guys don't really want to talk about it. I know some of you guys in Broncos country are still feeling and reeling over what should have been a a decisive win against the kansas city chiefs but unfortunately guys we didn't win that game we lost and the broncos officially went into double digit losses again for the season now uh you know what the head coaching decisions i was really hoping would get better i mean we did see flashes of it over the last year and the year before when vangio's first year you know we started seeing him okay he actually learned how to sort of uses timeouts his first year then last year in the very last game he ended up fucking that up again and giving it <laughs> giving the Raiders a timeout let them get their shit together and then they went and scored so and then in, in this game and it, you know what this this my whole thing is going to be all over the place I, I, I'm not going to go quarter to quarter like I normally do it's going to be scattered in other words but it, it just feels like Uh, Like, it's a head scratcher. I mean, they were going for it on fourth down on certain occasions when they weren't even in the red zone or near the end zone. And then when they actually needed a touchdown, they decided to go for a field goal. And uh, Shelby Harris, who's one of my favorite Broncos players, actually got a little bit defensive about it on Twitter because people he he felt that people were giving Fangio shit over his play-calling decision. And to be honest with you guys, I don't really think there's a right choice at that very moment. I mean, even if you don't if you go for the touchdown and you don't get it then you put your team back in an even tougher position for the defense to try to force a turnover and then people i mean either way you look at it people are gonna still get mad and they're gonna say well you should have went for the field goal and i mean guys okay i know i couldn't be the only one that had that idea there's there's no fucking way no no way no way whatsoever so i mean that was a bit of a head scratcher uh the the pat Shermer offense i was really hoping with this with his backup against the wall maybe he would try to come out and do some things or some other things that we haven't seen you know even though we've seen flashes over over his tenure with denver to try to convince george payton to save his job but unfortunately that didn't happen and we kind of saw some of the more shermer esque type of plays but i will say guys i got to give it to drew lock you know, a lot of us have been giving Locke shit over the entire season. We've seen all the all the fuck-ups he made. We've seen all the mistakes. We All the improvements that we were promised to see or that he promised to, to, to deliver, we didn't see on those couple of times he came in as the backup for a Teddy Bridgewater. But in this game, he actually played like a really, really decent average quarterback. It wasn't anything stellar. He wasn't out there throwing, you know, Matthew Stafford bombs or doing these you know tom brady-esque you know audibles and and all that shit but he did have two rushing touchdowns and every time drew ran with the ball i always clenched my fist because i'm like jesus christ don't fumble the ball don't don't go head first don't just just don't get injured you know and he went in there and he played a really good really good game of football especially against the rival chiefs so and it was actually kind of good that the chiefs we're kind of playing, you know, for meaning so because of the fact that they were trying to uh, to uh, capture the, the I'm, I'm stuttering to capture the first round seed, because if it would have been against, you know, their second and third starters, like a lot of other teams were playing up against in the in the NFL for week 18, I kind of think that that would have. Kind of clouded their Drew Lock's numbers, Javante's numbers, Melvin Gordon's numbers, and basically any player who was trying to come up and trying to get a uh, renegotiate with the contract. I, I would have felt that, you know, they would have pumped their stats up because obviously these guys are way better than any second or third starters Kansas City has, make no mistake about it. So, and I think it would have been a little bit harder for uh george payton to kind of you know when it's time to sit down and you know figure out who he's gonna keep who he's gonna let go especially when we get a new head coach it would have made it a little bit more difficult in my eyes because you know that last game it would have been like oh you know malik reed would have had three sacks or bradley chubb would have uh had whatever and 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 so forth so i i kind of like the fact that the chiefs were actually playing with their starters that they were playing to win and even though, on the other hand, to play devil's advocate to that, it would have more than likely meant that Denver would have won. And then there would have been everybody saying, you know, that's a win with an asterisk because he didn't, because Patrick Mahomes wasn't playing, because Kelsey wasn't playing, because none of the chief starters would have been playing. Uh, if Denver would have won that game, it would have been like an asterisk. Like, oh, yeah, you know, we beat you for the last four or five years or whatever. So, you know, you can have one game. It would have been some dumb shit like that. So, but... I I kept going back and watching that play where Melvin Gordon fumbled the ball. And a lot of us, especially myself, we've given Melvin Gordon a lot of shit for his fumbles since he came to Denver. But that's probably the only one where you can't really blame it on Melvin Gordon. Maybe fully. Maybe you can say halfway, you know, 50% because he should have had the ball security. That I totally agree with. No issue there. But when you see that play in real time, the way that defender just came roaring in because the person that was supposed to block him missed his assignment, didn't even chip him. I mean, he just came. It almost looks like he came from Gordon's blind side. If you see it in slow motion, you kind of see like, oh shit, you know, Melvin Gordon should have, you know, his peripheral should have been better or what have you. But it kind of looks to me like Melvin Gordon was looking to his left, didn't really see who was coming from his right, and it just kind of got the best of him and it gave the Kansas City Chiefs the, the, uh, the chance to, you know, scoop and score. So unfortunately, it was the one turnover that the Broncos couldn't afford to do. They were playing really good football up until that point. You know, keeping Patrick Mahomes at bay. And I, I will say this, the Broncos defense, even after the Chiefs got hot, when they started getting their, their defensive players back, the Broncos defense were always playing the Chiefs close to the letter. And what I mean by that is they were playing the Chiefs in a way where the Chiefs weren't running were running down opponents and, you know, just climbing up the, the power rankings board like they had against other teams. You know, like they did against the Raiders, how they destroyed them at at home, how they did against, well, you can almost say the Bengals, but the Bengals just barely won by a a field goal. All these other teams where the the Chiefs, you know, put up almost 30 points or more, the Broncos always, and not just because they're our division rival, but just because of the fact that the Broncos defense is starting to adjust to the way Patrick Mahomes football scheme is. And it's going to get tougher for Kansas City, guys. If you notice, Denver is getting so close. They're inching closer and closer and closer to beating the Chiefs. So, you know, to to, to the Chiefs, you know, let them have their fun. Let them enjoy themselves in the limelight because there's going to come a day, guys. And hopefully it's sooner than later where Denver finally turns around and they start beating the Chiefs. And even with... Patrick Mahomes at bay with all of his weapons, with his offensive line intact. No, 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 no uh, handicap or whatever. It's it's gonna, it's just gonna feel like they finally got it, and it sucks that it took so long. But when you've seen all the head coaching changes we've had, all the offensive coordinating changes we have, I mean, it's really difficult to go out there and and go up against a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Who I'll say to the Chiefs, they got really fucking lucky. In getting in that draft and not to mention getting him but you know having a guy like Andy Reid as the head coach on that team and what he's done for that team uh since he came to Kansas City so with that being said guys I mean now the question is what about Julak what's gonna happen with Julak Teddy Bridgewater is more than likely not gonna come back I really don't see George Payton paying that man his uh contract of 25 million dollars I have a feeling he's going to let him test free agency there are a lot of teams out there that need a quarterback hell who knows he could go back to to carolina i mean carolina played like they played even worse this year than they played last year they're terrible you know they could decide to deal sam darnold elsewhere or demean, de, demean <laughs> demote him and bring back bridgewater on a front i mean th- that that's just speculation i really don't see the panthers paying him 25 million dollars again hell they where they weren't happy paying him what they were wanted, where they were supposed to pay him before Denver came knocking on their door. So that's why they went out and traded for Sam Darnold. And it just it just seems to me that Drew Locke is he's learning, but he's learning not at a pace that's probably in an agreeable mode with George Payton. Because make no mistake about it, guys, this is George Payton's team. I've been hearing a lot of people, especially people close to me, saying that, oh, you know what, once John Elway leaves, then George Payton is going to do whatever he wants to do. But mostly, that's just people that don't really know what's going on with the Broncos, or that don't, they're not even Broncos fans. So, you guys have to understand, this has been George Payton's team from the moment he came in. John Elway, even though he got a promotion, and even though he does have some hearsay, it's not John Elway's team anymore, and there's no amount of influence that John Elway has where he can try to keep things. If that were the case, he would have never stepped down as GM. So, you know what? Julak would have been the starter. Vic Fangio would still have a job, and God only knows what else he would have been doing in terms of uh, you know, the, the draft and, and maybe even the off season now. So those are all John and John Elway's been so predictable in Broncos country. If you've been a fan long enough, you already knew or know what's going to happen next, who's going to keep who he doesn't like. So it, it was pretty obvious. So with the George Payton regime regime coming intact and coming into power, John Elway, even if he does decide to stay for another year, let's say him and Joe Ellis. It really doesn't matter and i don't think that's going to happen i think that both of those men will step down and just retire from the nfl completely maybe not joe ellis but i know john elway for sure he, he, money i mean the man is hes wealthy he, he's not doing this for money let's be honest and you don't fire the duke of denver so you might move him around until he finally decides he's had enough and you know he finally wants to you know get out of the spotlight or the limelight and just you know live a life of retirement because the man very well deserves it but this going forward it's really interesting to see what george payton is going to do because nobody knows and if you go look on any single broncos podcast or, or, or website or even the, the official website everything is just speculation from the people that he wants to interview to just who he wants to sign in the draft if we still have draft picks by then who he wants to try to trade for if he goes all in on either an aaron Rodgers or, or a uh a russell wilson or who he might draft in the draft if Denver doesn't you know, go out and get a big-name quarterback in when free agency kicks off. I mean, there is just so much going around. And it is, let me tell you guys, it is even more exciting than when we found out Peyton was coming into town last year. Because now we kind of got an idea of what George Payton wants to do and what he likes, and if he sees something he doesn't like, he's not going to go for it. A lot of people are still giving him shit Over the whole Justin Fields thing and passing up on him. And and maybe even Mac Jones. I did read a couple of tweets about him uh, passing up on Mac Jones. Saying that, oh, you know what? If we would have had Justin Fields, then the Broncos would have been a better team. Or hell, even a Mac Jones. And that's not exactly true. Because uh, Justin Fields is still a rookie. He's going to be great in Chicago. Make no mistake about it. He just needs the right coaching staff around him. And that's the exact same problem he would have had if he would have came to Denver. I truly believe... That if Justin Fields would have gotten drafted instead of Patrick Sertan, Justin Fields would have still not done enough in a in a Pat Shermer offense to put the Broncos towards the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe a playoff, uh, playoff run, possibly. But playing behind Bridgewater and then coming in, and it's just, it, it, I, I just don't trust Shermer. I never did. So if I don't trust my offensive coordinator, and apparently neither does the GM, because he went over both of those big-name quarterbacks, and he went out and got himself uh, Patrick Chatan. And to me, that was the great, great, great pickup. I, I mean, Micah Parsons was, all, was also there. He could have went with Michael Parsons, but unfortunately, Michael Parsons' uh, long history kind of made it cloudy. And, you know, there were teams that, that, before, that selected before him that weren't really ready to take that gamble, but Jerry Jones said he just threw his hat and say, fuck it, I'll take him. And he turns out—he turned out to be a great defensive player so far for the Cowboys. And Patrick Sertan is going to be great in Denver. Make no mistake about it. Even with Vic Fangio gone, it's—it's it's gonna be a. a it, 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 we don't know if Ed Donatello is gonna st- stick around. More than likely, even if he wants to, and he has gone on record and said that he wants to, when a new head coach comes in, it could be—you know—more than likely they're gonna start bringing in their own people. And unless Ed Donatello wants to play fair game, if the head coach wants to keep him around or he could go and follow Fangio, just like he followed Fangio from Chicago. I honestly believe if Ed Donatello would have stayed in Chicago, Chicago would have been better off even with uh, them hiring Chuck Pagano. And I got to tell you, I'm really glad that John Elway did not hire Chuck Pagano to replace Gary, um, not Gary Kubiak. Uh, (laughs) I can't even think of his damn name. Uh, but the guy before Fangio, it'll come to me And uh, it, it just it just goes to show you. And, and don't be worried about Vic. I love Vic. His being here from Chicago and seeing what he did with that defense and getting a guy like Khalil Mack for him to you know play around with was just amazing. And let me tell you guys if you don't live in Chicago, 2018 for any Bears fan was amazing I mean even though the offense was struggling and they were in a bit of mediocrity with uh, Mitchell Trubisky I mean the defense was just going out there and they were just kicking ass and taking names and if it wasn't for a stupid double doink who knows how far that Bears team would have gone because their defense was that good it was that impressive you know and if I'm not mistaken that was probably the same year coach Nagy won coach of the year even though it was Vic Fangio and his defense that was making Matt Nagy look like a coach of the year. And then look what happens. he Vic Fangio leaves, the defense starts crumbling down little by little, and then uh, Matt Nagy doesn't look like such a big, uh, great choice for a coach after three or four seasons. And you can ask any Bears fan that, even if they're Matt Nagy supporters, they're going to say, like, eh, well, you know, it's first year was a you know the cinderella year but then after that it just turned into a pumpkin and the the fairy godmother never came back it seemed (laughs) so i i i will admit i will i will miss that uh i will miss coach frangio's gameplay and uh i'm getting a little ahead of myself but back to this game you know it, it did feel weird watching a week 18 game and you know even the announcers everybody whether you're a spectator, an announcer, or even the players, there's just something that felt kind of off. Y- you know, it kind of felt like it maybe it was what the Pro Bowl, you know, a lot of people give the Pro Bowl shit because the players go and they don't really try. They just go because it's usually in Hawaii or somewhere warm and they get an incentive if they play. But even if they do play, it's like all half assed. It's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, it's a we'll see you in September type of thing. So. But it was great to see. And the fact that this season just flew by, guys. I mean, I can still remember when I sat down in this chair and I started commenting and talking to you guys about week one and how excited we were to see Von Miller back and, you know, see what Teddy Bridgewater brought to uh, to the team. And just, it was all like balls to the wall type of thing. It was supposed to be great. It was supposed to be momentous. Is that a word? Momentous? Momentous? I don't know. <laughs> And then uh, th- those first three games, guys, were great. And then after that, it just started going just going downhill from that. <laughs> and, you know, the games we were supposed to win, we didn't win. The games we thought we were supposed to lose, we we, lost, we won. And uh, you know what? I'll, I'll kind of talk about when, when I went to Dallas. If you follow me on Twitter, I posted up videos of my experience there. I didn't have a seat. I was in the standing room section. First time I've ever been to a stadium where... I was in the standing room which was actually kind of comfortable because me being a really big guy stadium seats are not my friend they're usually meant for people that are not six foot ten <laughs> I'll just say that but it just it, it, it felt good and it, it, it almost felt like a home game because there was Broncos fans everywhere and a lot of pissed off Cowboys fans that their team was playing like shit So, and you know, it it was just great. It was awesome. I'm, it, it really sucks that I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to go to Denver. Like I was planning to, uh, to go to a home game, but I just settled for that game because I was already near Arlington visiting family, uh, for Thanksgiving. So it just perfectly timed up. Well, not for Thanksgiving, but, uh, for my, uh, my cousin's quinceanera. So it just perfectly lined up that the weekend I was there, the Broncos were in town. So I was like, okay, well, even if I don't have the money or if COVID, you know, starts to be more of a pain in the ass where, you know, air, airfare travel and whatnot gets to be a real hassle, then, you know, I, at least I can say I went to that game. So, I, you know, it was a nice, easy hundred bucks. And it was well worth it. Let me tell you, I mean, just just from the walk home, or not walk home, but I was walking to uh, find somewhere to eat and just kind of relax for a little bit because uh, the, the price for an Uber was kind of was really expensive. And I mean, you just saw a sea of Broncos fans just walking by. And every time I walked past one, it was a high five and yeah, go Broncos, you know, and people driving by like, fuck you, Broncos. <laughs> I mean, it was it was great to be hated as the away team and we weren't even on the fucking team but you know Cowboys fans were that fucking pissed off and it was great it was probably the best win for the Broncos this season I would say just for the simple fact that it started to look like the team was finally had their shit together and they were ready to make a push they were ready to make some noise and then they go next week against the Eagles and totally shit the bed before uh, their scheduled bye week but let's just get something straight guys this team has potential. They do. And everybody keeps saying the same thing. We're a quarterback away. We're, we're just a quarterback. We're, we're one player away. We're one player away. With a new coaching staff, I kind of feel that that kind of takes a step back. But whoever the coach that they bring in, which we will get to in just a little bit, will probably decide if, Bron- if the Broncos stay in that step back. Or, you know, they actually move closer because we also, while the quarterback is a very important position and it is, I mean, you've heard people say it is the most important position to to fill. There's still a lot of components that go around to make the quarterback su- successful. You know, you have the offensive line. The offensive line has to be working together as one unit to protect the quarterback and to be able to change a play when it's being audibled. And, you know, the running backs, when they run with the ball, you know, ball security and, you know, fighting for yardage and just giving the, the quarterback a break with his arm when, you know, he doesn't need to sling it or when they just need a quick uh, touchdown or run down the clock or, or what have you. So it, it really sucks that we didn't get any of those from Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke. I mean, there I know there was a whole quarterback competition, you know, per se, quote unquote, but during the the training camp but that was i I think that was just just for show i think that was just the broncos media just trying to create some some clout you know and then when bridgewater was actually named the starter it it just kind of like i know a lot of people were weren't either they weren't expecting it or they weren't happy with it or or both you know who only knows But I, I I still am a Drew Lock supporter. I think he's gonna. I don't think he's gonna stick with the team unless, uh, unless George Payton can convince him that you know this could be his his team one day if if Drew Lock actually gets shit together and he has a competent offensive coordinator and a coaching staff that can help bring the best out of him, and that takes time. You know, with Aaron Rodgers, and everybody keeps saying Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers didn't start off being great. He played, what was it, four or five years behind Brett Favre before Brett Favre finally was let go or he left Green Bay. And then they turned it over to to Aaron Rodgers. But it's stuff like that that takes time. You can almost kind of make the same argument with Brock Osweiler, you know, him sitting behind Peyton Manning. And I can see why uh john elway was trying to keep brock osweiler in denver in 20 after the broncos won the super bowl but that doesn't always work out you know just because you sit behind a legend like Peyton manning and you know you learn from him and you study from him and you even you even win a fucking super bowl with him that you know it's gonna pan out that you're gonna be the next prodigy you're gonna be the next star and thankfully for John Elway, even though he was the one that drafted Brock Osweiler, it didn't come to fruition because we all know Brock went to Houston, and I think they got as far as a playoff win against a really shitty Raiders team, and then he went to the Browns, and then he came back. I mean, the the, the Osweiler tour, you could—it's probably a tour no even no diehard Bronco would, would want to take because it's like up to the Super Bowl. That's that's about all all we care for. <laughs> Whatever he did after that, even though he came back with a, a small stint with the Broncos later on, it didn't mean shit because the Broncos didn't go to the playoffs. But, guys, it's going to be really interesting going forward to see where this offense goes. We already have two uh, our big two wide receivers paid for. Jerry Judy, is he's a wide receiver star in the making. We just have to find somebody that can bring it out of him. And the fact that Jerry Judy went his numbers is not his fault. And the fact that there are people even trying to say, you know, that Jerry Judy might be a bust, like, come on, guys, don't do not do that. Same thing with Noah Fant. It's not their fault, guys. They they were superstars under one offensive coordinator. Well, not Judy, but Noah Fant, and then another one comes in, and it's not their fault that their offensive coordinator isn't using them to the, his, the best of their abilities. It's the offensive coordinator, it's the coaching staff. Maybe even the quarterback for not targeting him enough. But, you know, it, it's... It just, it's so aggravating to see that type of potential, you know, and Noah Fan is by n- in no way, shape or form a, a bust. Even though he didn't have the best t- season a tight end can have in Denver, he still had a really good, relevant one. And we saw the chemistry that him and Julak have. It, it, it just goes, but we have to see if Drew Locke is going to stick around, maybe not in a, in a first, you know, as a starter role, but even if he stays as a backup, we, we do know that, that, that that's going to be there, you know. But all of that just falls on where the head coaching is going to take us, who the head coach is going to come in and who is going to start, you know, changing things for the better, kind of start moving things around, change everything that Vic Fangio did. From uh, and I still can't think of his fucking name. Vance Joseph. There we go. It took me long enough. The Vance Joseph regime. I mean, we we start to see, we we were starting to see all the changes that Big Fangio made in 2019 when he came on board. So I just hope that whatever it was that and I I guess you can kind of go back to the whole Von Miller thing. I think losing Von Miller was even though it shocked everybody in Broncos country, I think it did more more mental damage than good for the team. Don't get me wrong. I love Justin Simmons. He's one of the best safeties we've ever had for this team so far. And he has the potential to be the guy, you know, to, to lead this team forward, to do what Ron Miller did, even if Miller doesn't come back uh, to the Broncos before he retires. But just losing that leadership at that moment, it... it, it 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 just sucks because I kind of feel that, you know, if Von Miller would have stayed, even if he wouldn't have been able to go back to the Von Miller of old, just what he exudes and what his name means and just seeing his presence out there speaks volumes. So going forward in the next season, I really do hope that Justin Simmons can be able to, to kind of Achieve that feat, and you know when the chips are down or when shit hits the fan, that he can go out there and you know, hey, offense, you know, get you get your heads out of your asses. Let's go and and, you know get out there, score some points. Same thing with the defense. You know, we got to get a turnover, we got to get a stop. You know, force a field goal, some shit like that. So, but that's gonna mostly fall on the coaching staff. We're gonna get a new head coach. We're gonna get a new offensive coordinator and. More than likely, we're going to get a new defensive coordinator, but I would not be mad at all if Ed Donatell decides to stay with Denver if they offer him the chance to do so. But then again, I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to leave and goes wherever Coach Fangio, or Vic Fangio, I should say, decides to go uh, with his career. So that's going to do it for the recap for this game. Guys, we're going to take a small break, and we'll be right back with the second part of today's show. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back after a quick word. And we're back. If you're just joining us, guys, uh, we recap we... the very last Broncos game. And I, I know it wasn't the best recap, but I'm still kind of ac- getting acclimated to the changes. So I, I, I know I, I wrote about, I wrote down a bunch of stuff, and it's like I'm kind of skimming through it, but. You know, bear with me. I'm, it'll take some getting used to, but the, the the main talk right now in with Broncos country is just the fact that we need a new coach. And it came to no it came to nobody's surprise that Vic Fangio was let go. It probably surprised people that uh, George Payton didn't wait until Monday, which in previous years, you know, Black Black Monday, as it's referred to, that's when a lot of teams started letting their coaches go after they played their. Uh, final game of the season but you know with a new week intact and with the Broncos playing a day before everybody else along with the Eagles and the the, the Cowboys they uh, uh, George Payton means business and if he's gonna turn around and try to get some of the egg that fell on the Broncos face I think that was a really good way to start just to kind of say all right you're gone and Pat Shermer's gone and Tom McMahon is gone so And the list of names that George Payton wants to interview is just crazy long. I mean, with John Elway, it was either like three or four people, and we didn't really get to know whose names those were up until maybe closer to the Super Bowl. And it almost seems like George Payton wants to interview anybody that knows about football in the NFL, whether he has a history with him when he was with the Vikings. Or whether they've won Super Bowls or played with you know, NFL legends or, or what have you. If you've ever touched a fucking football, it seems that George Payton wants to talk to you. He wants to sit down and have, I'm guessing, virtual meetings since they don't do the uh, flying in and you know, kind of pampering their whoever they're, they're projecting to try to get. Kind of like they do with the free agents. Uh, at least maybe they used to. I don't know. But... I have a very good feeling that George Payton is going to get his guy. I really do. Who that guy is going to be, I have no fucking clue. And I can't stay here and tell you guys it's, it's, it's leaning to be A, but it could be B, but then there's C. I mean, you can go all the way down the fucking alphabet, and one of those letters is going to be right. But which one it is, I don't know. If the nfl draft has taught us anything about george payton and his decision making it's that he usually gets he throws around you know a couple of names in the nf in the in the draft anyways and then he's like okay well what do you guys think of this it kind of gives you that whole feeling that you know with john that it was just maybe he told one or two people and then that was it but with george Payton, it kind of gets like it feels like he gets feedback from everybody and then it's like well what do you how would you feel if we you know drafted this guy over this guy and then you know get he seems to get his ducks in a row and then he makes his final decision whether it goes against the feedback he got from the people he asked and he it seems like he really doesn't give a damn with if broncos country likes the pick or not but which is really great because we kind of need that on this team i mean aside from you know finding somebody to buy the fucking team and, and assume some type of ownership which hopefully that gets resolved this offseason as well you have to really respect the man's bravado you you really do and it feels and it's gonna be that no matter who George Payton picks some people are gonna love it some people are gonna hate it because they're more than likely gonna judge them from where they were before they came over here who they might bring and you know but I don't think we're gonna get an actual idea for that, until if I had to guess, it would probably—I would say—it's probably going to happen after the Super Bowl. I would think so because a lot of the players that, are players, the, a lot of the personnel that he's looking to get, most of them are in playoff contention as of this recording, except for one for the Lions. And I hope he stays away from Mike Zimmer because Mike Zimmer—if he couldn't do shit with Kirk Cousins. I, I don't want him sniffing anywhere near near Denver, even if even if he's not a head coach, or or as an offensive coordinator, just just stay away. And you know, same thing with with Matt Nagy. I hope he doesn't come come to Denver, even as an offense. See, and that's the one of the things that kind of people have to remember that it could be somebody that's gonna be picked or plucked from somebody else's coaching tree. You know, like Matt Nagy came from an Andy Reid. Uh, coaching uh, system and a lot of people in Chicago thought he was going to implement those things that Andy Reid did same thing with uh, teams that grab people from the Belichick tree that they're going to come in and you know turn shit around and it's going to be the next you know they're going to get the next Brady they're going to get the next uh, amazing defense and run the division and you know contend for Super Bowls for the next 20 years but that's not just how that's not how it is you know just because you work with somebody doesn't mean you, you implement their style you know step by step or word by word or you know to the letter it's just you use their style maybe perhaps but you kind of change some things around you know you change defensive schemes you change offensive schemes but the thing that's going to make this head coaching job more attractive is the amount of control that George Payton is going to allow them to have Which is something that the previous GM and John Elway, I don't feel he gave a lot of his previous head coaches, except for the exception of Gary Kubiak. I believe that Gary Kubiak had more control or more say than Vance Joseph and even Vic Fangio did, just for the simple fact that John Elway and Gary Kubiak go way back to when they were both quarterbacks for the Broncos. And if you didn't know, Gary Kubiak was the backup to John Elway, if I'm not mistaken, in those first three Super Bowls where the Broncos lost before he uh, be, uh, retired and became an offensive coordinator. And correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but I'm pretty sure I, that's that's correct. And you know what? And then when when, when shit started to hit the fan, it was kind of like, okay, well, John Elway would always try to find like a scapegoat to to, to kind of put the blame on not only that, but John Elway wasn't the best man at you know spending money. And when he did spend money, he spent it on like the worst possible positions. Like right tackle was probably one of his worst positions he spent a lot of money on. And I could sit here and tell you everything from Jawan James to, what was the other one? Donald Stevenson and what was the other one? Menelik Men- Men- Watson, I think. I mean, those guys were really expensive turnstiles. And in Jawan James' case, he was just a really expensive not even a turnstile because at least a turnstile you get your money's worth eventually and you have to use it a bunch of times before it breaks it is <laughs> and but this going forward it, it all depends on who they're gonna give george payton and ultimatum you know especially when george payton is sitting or i am going to say sit or or staring at the the man he wants sitting across from him and it's like all right well if i'm going to come and coach this team doesn't really matter how attractive the offense looks and how great the defense looks it's going to be i want to be able to you know pick my own offensive coordinator and my own special teams and i want to be able to do this and do that and you know they're gonna want some control And nobody in Broncos media is going to actually know just how much George Payton is going to just how much leeway Payton is going to be able to to give the next head coach. But I would say it should be enough where it's like, okay, I'm going to let you go and, you know, do your thing. Have your Cinderella year. You know, it could be for the best. It could be mediocre or it could be complete shit where the Broncos are in the basement again and they've only won like three or four fucking games which isn't likely, but I mean, new head coach, I mean, it's going to take time for things to adapt. So usually the Cinderella year is when most teams, you know, start to kind of figure out, you know, what works with what, especially if a new quarterback comes in, if they bring in a new, you know, wide receivers coach, if they bring a new quarterback's coach, if they bring a new, you know, offensive line coach, I mean, all of that plays into the fact of, but that's more information that we'll, get, that we'll know more of as we go further into the offseason and as we get closer to training camp in, what is it, August? Yeah, August. But by July, everybody in Broncos country should be able to know, you know, who's going to stay in terms of uh, office management and, you know, what it is that they're trying to do with whatever players they have and they're, they're scheduling to report for uh, training camp, which is, you know, any free agent acquisitions. Uh, any people that left during free agency anybody that the Broncos traded or if they still have draft picks who they traded it or who they picked in the draft and where it is where they fit with the scheme of the head coach the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator uh, respectively so but it's I I, I gotta tell you I'm excited I really am because I believe that George Payton is, is is gonna I mean, we we saw what he did. He knocked out the draft. The, The draft for him was a knockout. And I'm pretty sure he had John Elway in his ear, maybe even Joe Ellis and a couple of others, which is fine. But he was the man that pulled the trigger on all of those acquisitions. Let's not make any mistake. And you can give him shit all you want about him passing up on Justin Fields and Mac Jones. I already told I already gave my two cents about that. I believe he made the right choice. And I'm not just saying that because I'm more of a defensive-minded type of guy. I like to play defense more than I do offense and I understand him more. But I'm just saying he was trying in a way, it was almost like he was trying to help Vic Fangio out because we all know Vic Fangio is more of a defensive minded than he is offensive minded. And you know, giving him another toy, we really thought that, you know, that was gonna be enough for Vic Fangio's defense to if the offense went out there and played really fucking like crap again. That the defense would be able to, you know, just stall them out and get the win, do enough just to get the win, kind of like we did in 2015. So it almost felt like they were trying to follow that exact same blueprint. But they, don't don't get it wrong, Javante Williams is going to be a star. Whether Melvin Gordon stays or goes, he's going to be great. And I don't think Gordon stays, even if even if he tries to settle for a team-friendly deal. I just don't see him staying now if if there's no other good acquisitions out there for the broncos to get in either the draft or you know out of free agency and you know melvin gordon actually does decide to go further down in terms of a team friendly deal a really team friendly deal even though the broncos don't need to uh limit themselves in cash because they do have enough they're not suffocating on it or they're not tight on money per se so but i just don't see him because Javante Williams is the future of the Broncos going forward. And anybody that plays behind him is more than likely going to be either, I would say Mike Boone. I wouldn't mind if they elevated Mike Boone up to second because I feel that we didn't see enough of him. His injuries kind of kept him off of the field, but he did play special teams. He did make a couple of plays here and there. I mean, it wasn't anything sensational or fantastic like he did when he was in Minnesota. But, I mean, you can also put that on the person that came uh from Minnesota at one point and you know he should have been able to know how to use them respectively and to the best of their ability and unfortunately Pat Shermer didn't and that's why he's out of a job. So um but we have to keep in mind guys going forward that this is not a rebuild. I've been seeing that word and on Broncos Twitter is rebuild. The Broncos are rebuilding. No the Broncos are not rebuilding. The Broncos are just they might be doing a little bit of construction, but it's not a rebuild. Houston is rebuilding. The the Jaguars are rebuilding. The Lions, you can say to a certain extent, are rebuilding because they they need a lot more working parts to get, you know, their shit together. And there are other teams that, you know, that are on the bubble. Hell, you can even say that about Carolina. They're they're uh, listening to offers to trade Christian McCaffrey, who's one of their best offensive players. So that to me feels like a fucking rebuild they're trying to get draft picks out of that and there's there's nothing wrong with rebuilding it's just you need to know when it is that you're trying to do a rebuild and when you smell a fire sale and when you smell a fire sale you go out and you know pick pick apart whatever you can before everybody else starts you know getting a hand in and you know saying this is mine i'll take this i'll take that i'll take that and then there's there's nothing left for you to get type of shit so don't get uh and as I, as I record this, I get a, a, a notification that the Giants, as of this recording at 5.18 p.m. Central Time, have just fired Joe Judge as their head coach. So the room for head coach continues to grow. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, I need to get a drink because it's been a while since i talked this long. <clears throat> and usually people tell me to shut up by now. <laughs> so, but anyways, the head coaching job... Balloon, whatever you want to say, carousel, whatever. It's just fucking huge. It's big. It's gigantic right now. And it's its kind of like if George Payton put out... A, I'm, I'm wondering. I'm guessing. I'm thinking. If George Payton put out like a poll, hypothetically speaking, where he has Broncos country, who they feel should be the next head coach... Who would have who would Broncos country be? Or who would Broncos country pick, per se? Let me know In hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. I'm planning to do a segment where I read uh, tweets about that certain question. And I will also uh, acknowledge them here on the show. So, like I said, hit me up at a6foot10Mexican on Twitter. Uh, email will be given at the end of the show. But in terms to answer my own damn question, there's... What was that one from Green Bay? Nathaniel Hatton, I think, is the one that kind of screams out to me uh, that I would say, if I was a betting man, <clears throat> that I would put my my money on because there's a lot of rumors going around that the Broncos are going to try to sway or swing for Aaron Rodgers. And if George Payton really wants Aaron Rodgers to come to Denver, he's going to try to take one of their best uh Personnel away from him and try to use him as bait to get. Uh, was going to say Wilson, Rodgers to come to Denver. It also could it could also be Russell Wilson. And it's more likely that it could be Wilson than Rodgers because there's less loopholes for Wilson uh, to acquire Wilson, and we all know of the of the shit that Seattle's going through right now in terms of uh, how their season has gone, and they've had one of their worst seasons since Russell Wilson became the quarterback. So. Things are not looking good for them, but whatever decision George Payton decides to make, whether Elway is there or not, same thing with Joe Ellis, it will not impact. They will not have any say or sway in whatever he decides to do. Let's just get that. Let's just get that in on point, because I know the people that were, were saying that shit to me. I know they listen to this podcast, and you know who you are. I'm not gonna. Call, I'm not gonna put you on blast. But I will say that this is George Payton's team going forward. We already seen that George Payton is going to do what he feels is right for the team. And, you know, shit be damned if it pisses off a lot of people in Broncos country. So whether you've been with this team for years, whether you've been with this team for a couple months, or whether you just got drafted and then you haven't even suited up as a Bronco and then you get traded to some other fucking team. It does not matter george payton was hired to do a job and so far i feel he's really doing up to he's really doing a good job he really is and i mean the only fault you can give him and the one that i can give him for is him going and acquiring teddy bridgewater now i i did i have caught shit over that because a lot of people were like oh well you know it, it should have been a co- quarterback competition you know drew lock sucks and you know blah 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 which is great and all but i wasn't high on Teddy Bridgewater to begin with, so I was sketchy when you know reports started to surface that he went out and you know he was talking to Carolina and they were trying to work out uh, a deal where he would come over, but you know the Broncos didn't want to pay his whole salary. So and and kudos to him, he got it done. He wanted Teddy Bridgewater, he got Bridgewater. Unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater was not the player he expected or anybody expected him to be, especially when he was handed the keys to the offense and. You know, his veterancy and, and everything that he had over Drew Locke was what won him that job. It wasn't because of his arm. It wasn't because of his ability to scramble. It was just simply for the fact that he was in the league longer. He was, he should have been able to, you know, be able to read defenses, just like Peyton Manning and any other experienced quarterback in the league should by now. Drew Locke has not been able to do that yet. And even in the couple of audibles he's called, they haven't been like magnificent and while teddy bridgewater has had his faults he did show you know flashes of of really great and don't get me wrong off the field teddy bridgewater is an amazing amazing person and i really do hope he you know he's not in any sort of health uh uh not not i don't want to say disability but you know that impediment is that a word yeah that's a word right my google is too far to ask it but that nothing impedes him from him being able to get another job in the NFL as a quarterback, whether it's a starting quarterback or you know playing back up to, uh, I don't know, uh, he, he could go back to New Orleans. And, uh, I, we'll, we'll know. We'll know going towards the future. But at this very moment in time, who the next quarterback for Denver is more than likely going to be determined when we know – Who the head coach is, because whoever the the head coach is going to be is more than likely going to give out a sign where it's like, okay, we know who they want, and even then we could be wrong, because we could be like, oh, well, if it is Daniel Hackett, let's say for example, they're going to go and get Aaron Rodgers. They want Aaron Rodgers, and then they go and get Russell Wilson, or you know, they go and get. I don't know of any other quarterback. The point that I'm trying to make here, guys, is that we don't know. I mean, only George Payton knows. And even then, maybe George Payton himself doesn't know because, I mean, the the carousel, the wheel just seems to get bigger. As I just reported to you guys a few minutes ago, the Giants had just let go of their head coach as of now. So it's not just George Payton looking for a guy. It's all these teams that are looking for someone to be the guy, the man, the person to come to their team and turn it around for the better. Who that guy is going to be? We don't know. When is it going to happen? We don't know. Everything is speculation at this point, but I I, got to tell you, it's, it's really exciting because it's great. It's well, in in a, in a way, it's kind of great not to be able to know who it is that's going to come in. I mean, with John Elway, we kind of had an idea. It was either down, it was kind of like, you know, I don't know, one of those talent shows where it was down to like two people. And then it was either going to be this guy or this guy. And then when you got it, when we finally knew before John Elway even knew, it was kind of like, uh, you know, we got to make a decision on it or our opinion before uh, the Broncos media or the front office was able to make it official. But with George Payton, you have to be excited guys and if last year his first tenure has been anything telling it's that hopefully the best is yet to come so guys that's gonna have to do it for today's episode i know i'm keeping it a little bit short but unfortunately i have some errands to run so i do apologize and aside from who. there's there's really not a lot towards the Broncos news to talk about, to be honest with you, unless we we can sit here and talk about quarterbacks and running backs and who says and who goes. and But all of that stuff we won't really know until after the Super Bowl, you know, until we see who's going to go out there. Uh, we might see names getting dropped here and there, you know, future contracts being signed and all that good stuff, which is great. Hell, we might even start getting an idea or two of who the Broncos are going to sign. And that's going to make for... great talking point so of course like i said guys please hit me up on twitter at a six foot 10 mexican with your questions or comments or anything i'm going to make sure to try to answer them to everyone to the best of my ability and knowledge and also you can also email me at broncos talk 2020 at gmail.com same thing comments questions ideas or what have you i always love to hear and talk to you guys so hit me up on there make sure you guys tune in Hit that uh, like button. Subscribe if you want to be uh, uh, support the channel. Be a listener support. I truly would appreciate your uh, donation if you would like. Otherwise, I do hope you enjoy the content. And with that being said, guys, have yourselves a wonderful day. And as always, Go Broncos!